Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to episode 168 of the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Hayley Milliman all about line editing for authors, and we also cover some pro-writing aid tips and tricks as well. But first to last week's question, which was, what self-limiting beliefs do you have? Write with Rona on Instagram said, I've gotten too old to be the success I want as an author and coach, which is absolute nonsense because I know Rona, and she's amazing, and so... I'm not having that nonsense at all. You are definitely not too old. You are fabulous. So keep doing you. This week's question is thinking towards next year. So I have been thinking about next year. Obviously, (laughs) I like to do planning, even though all my plans always change. Uh, But it it brings me joy to plan. So there we go. And in fact, actually, next year's word is joy. Uh, That is going to be my word for the year. But anyway, thinking towards next year and the things that I might need to put into place what I want to know is what do you need to put into place to help you achieve your goals? In other words, what motivates you? And if you can identify that, do you actually have that in your life? And if you don't have it in your life, how can you get more of it? So yeah, I suppose it's a question uh, lined with a bit of action uh, in there to help you set yourself up for next year. So the book recommendation of the week this week is Blood and Steel by Helen Scheurer. So Helen's been on this show a couple of times before. A couple of times? Yeah, I think a couple of times before. And uh, she writes epic fantasy and she is now writing uh, romantic fantasy and fantasy romance. And I was very lucky and got to read Blood and Steel before um, it's out. It comes out in February, I think. It is on pre-order right now, so I'm going to put the pre-order links in the show notes. But oh boy, this book is so fun fucking good. If you like romance and you like fantasy and you like fantasy romance, then this one is for you. It's a slow slow burn, spicy kind of enemies to lovers and found family. Um, A really beautiful, rich world called Thesma. Well, Thesma is the city where they sort of work and train. And um, there's a badass, kick-ass female sword-wielding hero um, and a brooding, hot uh, uh, warrior love interest and oh I just fucking loved it so uh, if you like fantasy romance then I highly recommend that you go and grab yourself a copy a pre-ordered copy of Blood and Steel by Helen Scheurer okay so in personal news and update it has been a week <laughs> so last time I did the podcast was I think last Thursday it is now Thursday the 8th of December and I have been out twice (laughs) this week fuck me (laughs) I forgot that I'm not 20 anymore it appears so I went out on Saturday with my boot camp ladies and well I should have stopped after two glasses of wine let's put it that way I didn't and uh my best friend became the toilet let's let's put it this way so I was very very poorly (laughs) Because apparently I can't do anything by halves, including going out. And um, managed to drag myself home at about two o'clock in the morning after spending at least a couple of hours dancing. And oh God, it was just so fucking good. Like I forgot what just dancing in the middle of the night when you're a little bit tipsy is like. And it's so much fun. Like you just, 
I was just on my own, not on my own, obviously I was with a group of people, but in my head on my own, just dancing, throwing my body around, like, you know, listening to the beat of the music. And it was just so much fun. And uh, anyway, and then yesterday I went to London to have a very lovely lunch with some industry pals. And um, so yeah, that was, it's been really lovely. Like I've actually socialized, I've humaned. As a result, I'm absolutely fucking wiped. <laughs> But I do feel really good. So like my soul feels happy and full of joy and rejuvenated, even if my brain and body are a bit fucked. It was definitely like a two day hangover. Like since when do we get two day hangovers? Fucking hell. Like I used to just get over it in one night. Um, Anyway, so I've had a very jolly good time this week and I have also sent my uh, pen name book off to the editor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited that I sent it off. I'm so excited that it's done. I cannot fucking wait uh, to get it out. I, of course, now am crushed with doubt. <laughs> fucking stupid brain, seriously. But uh, yeah, now I am literally drowning in self-doubt and worry and fear. And oh no, what if I can't do it again? Oh, shut the fuck up, Sasha. You are so boring. We know we can write books. But also, can we? Can we? Can we do it again? <sighs> Uh, why do we go through this perpetual fucking cycle? And like, honestly, it really is. It just, it's just endless. Anyway, anyway, going forward, I am going to be working on uh, in the next, well, basically up until Christmas, my big plans are to work on the marketing plan, uh, doing lots of the marketing actions, outsourcing some to the lovely Becca, and um, then also writing two reader magnets, a warm one for the back of the book and a cold one that I can use to uh, like lead gen and build a mailing list. And then after that, uh, you know, and also other stuff like writing autoresponders, setting up a new mailing list, populating the website, uh, all of that good stuff. If I'm perfectly honest, I really forgot what it was like to be a new author. And it's really, really overwhelming because you take so many things for granted when you are an established author. Like, for example, <laughs> I um, signed off the, the cover and uh, then we were trying to move to the paperback. And then, of course, I realised that um, I had no bio to go on the paperback or the hardback. Uh, so well, on the flaps of the hardback flaps, <laughs> child. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I'm very giggly. I've had too much coffee this morning. Actually, I think it's the exhaustion. I'm in like delirium phase, but anyway. Um, so <laughs> I'm such a child. I apologize, everyone. Oh dear, it is one of those days. Anyway, so it's like, it's the little things that you forget. You forget that you need to set up a Facebook page or like a Facebook profile so that you can then post in Facebook groups, like as your author name. You need a bio, you need a this, you need a that. And it's just fucking hell. It's just an endless list. Like, no wonder everybody always feels overwhelmed publishing their first book. Yeah, no shit, baby. Like, it is a lot. So, um, yeah, I am trying to write a disgustingly, obscenely large list this morning, um, which is not really helping the overwhelm, I'll be honest. But anyway, it is helping to like get it out of my brain. So yes, I'm going to stop blathering on. Basically, that's what's going on. Uh, I'm hoping to get the audio book of The Anatomy of a Bestseller back this week. Um, because it is getting so close to Christmas, I'm pretty sure I'm going to launch in January. Um, so be on the lookout for that. I will be on uh, the hunt for a few early sort of advanced reviewers for the audiobook as well. Um, 
Yes. So I think that is probably going to take me up to Christmas, if I'm perfectly honest. Like the two, I've probably, I've probably got 20k to write in total. And then um, that's without all of the other shit that I need to do as well. So yes, most of it is focusing on the pen name. However, in the new year, I, I definitely have decided to do a course for next year. Um, I want that uh, done, I hope, in the first part of the year. Um, I've already got some of the materials. I just need to find the time to actually uh, get on with it. And I'll tell you more about that in the new year. And then the book that I write uh, so I've got, oh, sorry, one other thing I need to do is finish the outline for book two. Book two is going to get written in January and February, and it's got to go off to the editor before the end of March. And then I will be on to um, the next book, The the Villain's Journey. So I'm super excited uh, for that. I have been thinking about Kickstarter. I know I kind of said that I never would, but... I don't know. I don't know. I'm seeing like what I don't want to do is like create some monstrous beast. I would just like to do a really small low level one. Um, but I don't know. I think I need to do some investigation. I think that might be my one new thing that I may or may not try next year. I don't know. Maybe I need to do a course, says my learner. Hashtag everyone drink. Um, okay. All right. I'm going to move on. This week's rebel is Judith Mortimer. Judith says, I used to work for a manager who was in the habit of coming up behind me and putting his hand on my shoulder. Oh, no. No, 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 no. It made me flinch every time. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And it was obvious he enjoyed making me feel uncomfortable. What? Oh, my God. I'm, like, instantly cross about this. At the time, I was writing a lot of fan fiction, so I wrote him into the story. (laughs) I like where this is going. I was working on uh, as the villain and during the course of the story, the hero hit him twice, resulting in him ending up with two black eyes. The next time he came up to me and put his hand on my shoulder, I looked up at him, thought two black eyes and couldn't stop grinning. He never figured out why I stopped being intimidated by him. Oh, I love that. I love that. You writing it and kind of like getting it out and putting it into a story helped you, helped empower you. Like that's such a fucking brilliant story. I love this rebellion so much. If you would like to be a Rebel of the Week, please do send in your story. It can be any kind of rebellion, something big, something small, or something in between. We are low on rebellions. I know I say this a lot, <laughs> but last week we were really fucking low. So uh, we only we still need more rebellions. So if you have something, if you know somebody who has a rebellion, please do send it in. We love them. You know I love them. And I love when I uh, get to read them. So you can email them to Becca over on rebelauthorpodcast at gmail.com. No new patrons this week, but a huge, gigantic thank you to all of my existing patrons. I really, really appreciate your support, especially this time of year. Um, It really means a lot to me and it helps to keep the show running. If you would like to support the show and get early access to all of the episodes, then you can do so, as well as um, bonus... What? What? How do I... I say this... I've said this 168 times. (laughs) fuck it up. Let me try again. If you would like to support the show and get early access to all of the episodes, as well as bonus content, you can from as little as $2 a month by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. Somebody put 50p in me this morning because I am like (laughs) super giggly excited. Okay, that is it from me this week. Let's get on with the episode. Hello and welcome to the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Hayley Milliman. As Head of Education at Pro Writing Aid, Haley focuses on building engaging, 
helpful learning content for the millions of users who rely on ProWritingAid to make their writing clear and effective. Haley has a robust writing portfolio and has written for dozens of publications on topics related to education, marketing strategy, history, entrepreneurship, and more. She has also published several books related to writing and history, one of which hit the Amazon bestseller list. Hello and welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. No, I, I'm delighted. I absolutely love Pro Writing Aid. I'm literally oh, this week about to go back into Pro Writing Aid to do my next oh, edit. Perfect. So I was I was sort of dread it and and love it because I know that the end result is amazing. Yeah. But there's like just so much. I'm like, I want to fix that. I want to fix that. I, <laughs> I know. So I'm, I'm at a similar stage yes. too in, in a draft, and I'm like, I I'm trying to hold myself back from going into Pro Writing Aid until I'm really ready to focus on. Um, yeah, yeah. It's so easy to be like, I just, I know the sentence is that. <laughs> what can yeah. I do to help it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so tell everyone a little bit about your journey. Like, how did you end up with Pro Writing Aid? How did you end up like where you are today? Yeah, so I have a bit of a circuitous journey. I actually started as a classroom teacher. Um, so I grew up and lived most of my life in the United States. Um, and after university, I went to, I did a program called Teach for America, which like places people in um, schools throughout the United States that are like underserved in some way. Um, so I did that and I was like an English teacher uh, as well as a history and uh, science teacher for like three years. And then after that, I decided I wanted to transition out of the classroom for a few different reasons uh, and didn't really have any skills beyond teaching. So I ended up in ed tech, like with a new ed tech tool building curriculum, because that's what I had been doing for three years. Um, And so I ended up building curriculum at this really tiny startup that only had three people. And basically because of that, got like all of this marketing experience and all of this content experience. So then started working with some additional startups that were doing content work and then just happened upon Pro Writing Aid uh, about five years ago. And they were in need of a blog writer uh, at the time, someone to do like blog and customer service work. And I really didn't know anything about the company. I had never heard of it. And basically, I just happened to luck into a job that is a perfect fit for everything I've been interested in and everything I've uh, done my whole life, which is, you know, work on content and uh, community efforts within like ed tech and software. But then also it's specifically a company focused on writing, which has been my passion and my like side project for my whole life. Uh, So now I end up doing the work that I've trained in while also getting to talk about writing and books all the time and I've somehow ended up like convincing pro writing aid that most of what my job should be is like creating events for writers. And so now I just spend all my time interviewing writers that I'm interested in and then, uh, yeah, posting those and saying that that's useful for the business. So it's really, really great. And they are great. I've watched a number yeah. of them. I've I've watched Jenna's. I've watched V.E. Uh, Schwab's. I've watched yeah, yeah, I've watched quite a few of them over the over the last couple of years, and they are fantastic. Um, so what do you? Are you allowed to tell me what you write? Like what? Yeah. Like, are you writing? What are you working yeah. on? Yeah. Yes. Um. So I write for work. So that has been my like most of the publishing that I've done has been through work. I've published a couple of books uh, for Pro Writing Aid and then also for previous companies that I've worked for, uh, all of them kind of nonfiction or uh, help guides in some way. Um, 
And then I do a ton of blogging for work as well, as well as like working on our email and just copywriting and all of that kind of marketing stuff. Uh, but then in my personal life, I have written since I was 11. I mean, I would like, I started off writing like Lord of the Rings fanfic and Star Wars fanfic, and then was just writing that. I think like before I even really knew what it was, like I just kind of started, I was posting on fanfiction.net, continued to write from there. Uh, and now as an adult, uh, I work on some speculative, I kind of am really genre hopping right now. I've done some speculative fiction work. Um, and then I also, I've, I'm just completing a crime manuscript that I've been working on with one of my coworkers at ProWriting. And so we actually just finished our first draft um, and we'll hopefully pursue some type of publishing with that in the next year. We're again in the stage of cleaning it up, getting it ready to do some things with. Uh, but yeah, so I've done some like speculative fiction, um, have this crime manuscript. And then I'm also just like always tossing around the idea for some romance novels as well. Cause I think they're so fun. I really like can't be pinned down. I just love all, I love writing and reading so many different types of things. That's so cool. I hope like over the course of my career, I also write in multiple genres, but like, I I I I do this thing where I will like binge into a genre mm, for a while mm-hmm. and like write like write loads of stuff in that genre and then so that and because I'm pivoting now into a well a kind of yeah I I, I can't say it's, it's <laughs> under a secret pen name but yeah I'm pivoting into a different genre and uh, so I'm planning to like do quite a few in yeah in, in that one before I then pivot again but you know what it's like I I just feel like a lot of writers are perpetual learners and because we're yeah. perpetual learners and we read so widely like this is yep. always such a shock to me that actually writers do not read in the way that readers read like yeah it's actually unbelievable how widely we read and yes it shocks me every time I speak to somebody who's a reader and not a writer and the fact that yes. they just read in one genre. I'm like, wait, no, no, but like, surely- you can learn so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been, and I, I've, I was joking before about how my job has become to like just interview writers, but for, for my work, I, I just host writing conferences in all of these different genres. And I didn't think I had an interest in crime until I hosted crime week and spoke to all of these crime authors and listened to people talk about structuring their crime novels and had to read really widely in crime for that. And then I was like, well, this is fantastic. Like, I really (laughs) want to try to write this. This is really interesting. And like you said, I think, you know, I, I have definitely noticed I would say in the last like three years or so, I've gotten serious about finishing, you know, finishing manuscripts and trying to to publish them. And my reading habits have completely changed. And I think to, to what you were just talking about, um, I've definitely changed how I approach, again, reading in across a wide variety of genres and getting so much from them. Like I think, for instance, a lot of people ignore reading romance, but romance is just so fantastic at character development because to some extent, that's like what it is, is just developing two characters to the point where they can fall in love and overcome trauma and whatnot and like become this new realized version of themselves. Um, and I, think, I don't think any genre does it better than romance. So like, if you want to do that, why would you not read romance? <laughs> I actually think romance does most things amazingly. Like, not yeah. that I'm wildly biased, but I do, like, I think romance gets slated all the time and I don't understand because it is yep. literally fucking amazing. Like structurally, yeah. 
it is outstanding. Like character development wise, it is outstanding. Like sexual tension on the page and like it is outstanding. Like there is, and also most romance writers that I know are just fucking leagues ahead of the rest of us in terms of like marketing and business structure. And like they are just like, can I grow up? Can I be a romance writer? (laughs) And they're prolific prolific publishers as well. Like most are publishing really frequently. Like you said, they're marketing their own stuff. They have such great relationships with their readers and right, it's exactly. just like I yeah look at they them do everything all. so well yeah. <laughs> I'm just like I want to be you <laughs> yeah and they're also just like socially conscious and aware too it's just like it's a genre that really pushes so many boundaries and also just like gives us so much to learn and yeah I yeah. I am so thankful that I get to interview with her for romance writers all the time 100 percent. i mean we're not actually here to talk about romance so i should probably actually ask you a relevant question (laughs) so we are here to talk about line editing and i wondered if you could first of all just define the differences between some of the types of editing like this came up Mm -hmm. again in my um uh uh, non-fiction reader writer like writer group and um like that there's still confusion i think about what the different types of editing are so i just wondered if you could give a high level kind of overview of the different the major types of um, editing yeah for sure so I think this is definitely an area where people are really confused because I think when you're drafting it's really easy to say just like I start this draft and then I end this draft and and that's done and then from the point of finishing a draft to getting ready to publish it everyone knows that you need to edit but it's kind of like well what and how and how many times do I do it and what do I do Uh, So my advice for folks is to approach editing in distinct stages where you are doing a different type of edit at each of those stages. So rather than saying like, I'm going to edit and I'm going to look at every single thing, my advice, uh, particularly if you're newer, is to think uh, about different kind of areas of editing during each of your edits and really go through each of your go through your manuscripts, doing one edit, one type of edit, then coming to another and then coming to another. Um, There is a lot of kind of discourse around what specifically happens in each of those. I think depending on who you talk to, there are like three to four distinct stages of editing. The first and kind of most common is the story edit, uh, or sometimes people call that the developmental edit. But that is really where you're looking at exactly what it sounds like the story of of the novel. You'll be looking at things like character, plot, setting, really just making sure that the story you're telling is as effective as possible. So that's the first kind of edit that you want to do. Uh, Once you have your story to a point where you are solid on, you know, what's happening, that it's happening in the correct order, that the right characters are involved and that type of thing, then you typically move into line editing um, and copy editing or line editing or copy editing. I sometimes combine those two stages just because I think, you know, we make things needlessly complicated uh, and and divide them into multiple stages when it isn't necessarily necessary. Um, But basically, once you finish that like big picture story or developmental editing, the line editing and the copy editing phases are really looking at uh, the structure of your sentences. So you're kind of zooming in to look sentence by sentence to understand how you are using language uh, and how you are conveying your story. So if the developmental is like the story itself, line and copy are about like the words and language used. Uh, If you want to get like technical between them, line is typically, or copy is typically more about the mechanics, whereas line is about like word choice. Are you using repetitive 
structures, that type of thing. Uh, but again, like I said, you can, sometimes you can combine both line and copy editing into one stage where you're just really looking at like the nuances and mechanics of your sentences. Um, and then proofreading is it's technically not really an editing stage, but it's kind of that final area where you're really polishing everything. Uh, and proofreading is where you're getting either your manuscript ready to send out for uh, review, you know, or, you know, at like if you're going the traditional pr uh, publishing route or if you're getting ready to publish yourself. Um, again, that proofreading process is really where you're just trying to put everything together uh, and kind of you're not really doing edits. You're just polishing and making sure everything looks good at that stage. So again, depending on who you talk to, it's three to four. Uh, developmental or story is the first one where you're looking at key themes, ideas, uh, then line and copy editing line is typically where you're looking more at the like stylistic construction of what you're saying. Copy is focused more on the mechanics of your sentences, though. Again, you can combine them depending on how you're editing, but you're really at those stages zooming into sentence by sentence. And then that like final stage is proofreading uh, where you are talking more about um, just like polishing your work. Uh, and just to clarify with line and copy editing, you will, you will always want to look at both like the stylistic construction of your sentences and the mechanics. What I'm just saying is that you could do those at the same time, or you could do those in two distinct phases, phases of editing, depending on how, how you edit and what you're writing. Yeah. And I think we often as writers or newer writers get confused between uh, the developmental and the line, like I think a lot yeah. of line copy. And I think a lot of us start with the line copy, yes. um, you know, filling with sentences, but actually until we have got the structure of the story. Uh, and the weird thing is that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes you need to do a little bit of the copy line edit just to make yeah. the, the, because of course, Characters are the words on the page, right? So yes. sometimes you do actually need to start a little bit there and then go up and out in order to then get the structure right, because you might not be showing the type of characters or showing, you know, the depth of change or whatever that you need mm -hmm. to at the sentence level in order to be able to then developmentally edit. But for the most part, it is, you know, developmental first and then, um, and then copy line. But I always get, I always, I always like to <laughs> caveat things because I think often we can take advice so black and white and, yes. and actually sometimes, you know, it, 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 we need to be slightly more flexible. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, broadly, broadly speaking, then pro-writing aid helps with what, which aspect, which level of editing? Yeah, so it does both line and copy. Um, so it it's really there to help you with your sentence your sentences and your word choice. We are not there for developmental or story editing. There's other software out there that is great for that. Um, but pro writing aid is very specific, specifically about line and copy editing. Um, so we have various, the way pro writing aid works is it has various reports that you can do that help you with both of those things. So for instance, something like our sticky sentences report looks at uh, the word choices that you use and, and your proportion of active words versus glue words in your sentence that is something that can help you with kind of the stylistic line editing pieces whereas we also have a grammar report which will help you with some of those mechanics um, and a style report as well so we have over 20 different reports again which help you from everything with that kind of stylistic choice uh, there are you know options in there for looking at places where you've repeated yourself or places where you have kind of echoes of phrases uh, which really again helps with that line editing side and then there's also that kind of mechanic side as well so it's really specifically when you're looking at your use of language, how you're setting up your sentences, um, 
And again, like trying to find any of those kind of mechanical or grammatical errors that you want to fix. And like, where do you actually start? Because 20 reports Mm. is a lot. It is extremely comprehensive. And like you could spend weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks looking at everything. So like, do you have any advice on like the best way to approach line editing? Like should you start by looking for certain things? Should you just start at the beginning and just plow through? Um, Do you have a goal? Like, do you have, should you have a goal in mind? Like how do you even approach the line edit? Yeah. So I think first what you just previously mentioned about doing this after you've done your developmental edit is is really important. When I'm writing fiction, I do not use pro writing aid until I am ready to like sit down and do a line edit because otherwise it's really distracting. Uh, and to what you said before, there's always going to be some natural line and copy editing that occurs as you're writing because you're trying to work out how to get the words onto the page. But overall, I really try to approach my fiction writing in a distinct as a distinct phase because, or my fiction editing as a distinct phase, because otherwise I will never finish a draft if I'm just sitting there worried about my word choice the whole time. Uh, That's different if I'm working on like a blog article or something like that during those processes, I can have pro writing aid on and I can take the feedback as it comes because I'm working on something much shorter. Uh, But if you're working on fiction, I highly recommend only using pro writing aid when you're specifically ready to do your line edit or your copy edit. Right. Um, So, the way that I use pro writing aid is I upload the the area of the text that I want to work on. I never run it on my full document because it'll take a really long time. And also there's no way that you're going to sit down and edit your whole document in one sitting. Just to interject there, what is the best, like what is kind of the, the maximum reasonable word count that you can process in one go without it like short circuiting? Yeah, it really... Honestly, it does depend on your internet connection and the speed of your computer. But I always tell people, do like a chapter or a scene at a time. The same way you would kind of write a chapter or a scene at a time, I would approach the editing in the exact same way. Somewhere between like 1,500 to 3,000 words or so. Um, It can handle up to 10,000 in one go. But again, like I said, just the same way it's very rare for someone to just sit down and write 10,000 words in one sitting. I think it's also just you probably do your better editing work in smaller chunks and then you can always, you know, add on more. Um, so I say I would recommend 1500 to 3000 or so words at a time, uh, again, both for you and for the speed of the software. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just sorry, because I, uh, no, I know fine. I know lots about providing <laughs> listeners might not. What are the um, if you're a Mac user versus a PC user, like what are the different ways that you can interact with it and how like yep. you've mentioned uploading the document? Um, so, so I know I'm kind of diverting from no, the process of like editing, <laughs> but yeah, what, what are the different ways you can work with Bright Writing Aid? So we have a bunch of different integrations. You can work with it in the web editor, which is similar to like, it works similarly to Google Docs. You can type in there, you can write in there. Uh, You can upload your document into there and get um, all of the edits there. But then we also have integrations so you can get pro writing aid wherever you write. So if you work in Google Docs, you could also get pro writing aid in Google Docs. Uh, We have a desktop app for Mac, a desktop app for Windows. We also have integrations for tools like Scrivener and Microsoft Word. So you can just get pro writing aid right in whatever the tool is that you're using. So that way 
you don't have to transition your document unless you want to. I particularly like to like take out little pieces and bring it into the web editor. So it forces me to just like focus on one area at a time, but you totally don't have to do that. You could just like have it on your full document in Word or, or whatever you'd like. There's a lot of different ways to use it. Yeah, I use the um, app on my Mac and I just open my Scrivener file because it saves anything that you edit in the app automatically mm-hmm. edit up, um, updates the Scrivener file like once you've closed it. So um, that's kind of how I do. The only the only time I change that is that some once I've sort of gone through and done each individual chapter, I do like to do slightly longer chunks just to check for that repetition yep. that like might have filtered through. Yep. Um, so... <laughs> Going back to my original question, (laughs) which was about approaching the line edit, like where do you start? How do you start? Like, do you go straight through from the beginning? Um, Yeah, like. Yeah. So I, when I'm using Pro Writing Aid, uh, Pro Writing Aid has a feature called goals. And so basically when you run Pro Writing Aid on whatever size document you're writing, it gives you a snapshot of all of the different areas of your document that you're doing really well in and also all of the areas that need potential work or something to look at. So I run the real-time report, which has our goals feature first. And that just gives me like a top level look at everything. I can really like at a quick snapshot, see, Hey, you know, like my grammar and style are great, but my dialogue tags need some work. uh, So I'm going to spend some time there. So the first thing I do is just open up the tool and like have a look at what it is. And on it, quite honestly, this is why I love pro writing aid, because I think that if I was just doing it myself, uh, I would, worry about where do I start? How do I go through it? Whereas it just analyzes it for you and says like, Hey, here's the six things you need to work on. Here's the eight things you're doing really well. And then I know exactly where to spend my time. Um, so I open it, run the real-time checker, look at the various reports that again, that I'm doing well at the ones that I am doing not so hot at, and then have a look at what those are and then just dive in, um, section by section. I think if you're doing that by yourself, there's a number of like areas that you can start. I always tell people to prioritize clarity first and foremost. So thinking through like first, the question is, am I, is the reader's picture in their mind accurate to what I'm trying to show? And that's like a good area of where you should focus is like, is the sentence not conveying what I actually want my reader to say? Um, but yeah, again, pro writing, it just makes it super easy because you can pull it up and be like, great, here's my, here's my six things that I need to work on. Let me just work through each of those categories. Yep. And the depressing thing for me is like, I really hoped that like 19 books in that the reports would tell me different stuff. <laughs> But no, still, on every bloody manuscript, I still can't use a fucking comma. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like I make some of the reports and then I also go in and I'm like, I can't believe I am doing this thing. It told me not to. (laughs) I talk about this every day. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mine is usually commas and Mm. uh, there's usually word repeats in there. But I know that and that is one of the, like, I go in and target that because I know that because I write so fast, um I do get lazy no not lazy it's just that I'm trying to get the story down and then I worry about tweaking the prose like later because that's like the best way for me to get the story down um okay what thinking about like all of the writers that use pro writing aid what do you guys see as the most common areas for improvement um for newer writers like yeah I would say I think We categorize them as readability errors, but it's 
it's, or not really readability errors, readability suggestions. It's places where you have something, where you said something in a more complicated way than it needs to be said. So for instance, instead of saying, I made a decision about this, just saying I decided, I think there's a lot of those kind of, they're not incorrect, but those stylistic choices that make your writing more direct and clear. Uh, and again, those types of nominalizations where, again, you've used three words where one would suffice. It's really common, uh, particularly in newer writers. Uh, even when I onboard writers onto my team, I'm like, I can tell you haven't used providing aid because you've said like, uh, you know, I decided to go there or whatever. And it's just, again, you're adding additional words where you don't really need to, or you're using more complicated words and phrases than you actually have to. Um, and so providing it really forces you to think about like, what is the simplest and clearest way that I can say this? Because in most instances, not all, but in many instances, that's going to be the best way to convey the meaning to your reader. So that's a really common one. Um, I actually would also say for fiction writers, dialogue tags is really common. Um, a lot of people overuse dialogue tags and they use dialogue tags with adverbs a lot. So they'll say mm. like yelled loudly or, you know, or like asked quietly or, or something like that, where you're really like using the tag to give information that should be contained in either a description of the character or should be self-evident by like what the dialogue itself is saying. So that's another really common one um, is people using those adverbs all the time. Okay, so let's say a writer has now got the basics. They're no longer brand new. What are some of the more nuanced and advanced areas for improvement at the line edit level? How do they level up their writing? I think this is where you can really start to get into sentence length and pacing and start to think about how the rhythm of your sentences is conveying what you want it to convey. So for instance, uh, if you're doing a background description or something like that, your sentences might be longer, they might be more flowy, they might be, the, the word count in that particular sentence might be higher, right? Um, whereas if you're doing an action scene or a scene with a lot of tension, you could actually cut those sentences down to make them shorter, you know, more to the point, again, in a battle, right? If you want to describe action happening really quickly, you might want to use shorter sentences that are like firing between between sentences to mimic the the tension that's happening on the page. So I think that's one of those areas that once you have the basics of what you're trying to say and how you're trying to say it down, you can really, again, then start to look at, well, how are my sentences set up? Are they too long? Are they too short? How can I say the same thing in fewer words? Or how can I say the same thing? How can I divide these sentences again to kind of mimic the the what's happening on the page and create that feeling um, through the like cadence of, of my sentences as well for my readers. Yeah, I love that. I'm seeing more and more writers um, almost copyright areas of, mm -hmm. their, of their novels. And like that creates like one killer, like um, hooky, dialogue prose uh just story in general but also the way they then play with white space mm, like mm -hmm, makes exactly. the story um like makes the pacing of that scene or that chapter even if it's not a scene that would typically be fast it speeds up the pacing and like the other thing is realizing that there are no rules about where paragraph breaks need to go yes like yep. and a lot of writers get very caught up i think in thinking they need these like they should only have a paragraph break break when something very specific like shifts or like you're very definitely moving on i'm like no like you can actually break the rules you can 
can yeah you can play with that pacing and that um so I yeah in the in the book that I've just written I have uh one of the comments I have gotten from from both my uh critique partners is that it was extremely pacey um mm. and and I think it's because I intentionally played with white space um yeah. so yeah I love that I love that I think that is awesome um okie dokie do you have like any other tips or tricks for authors trying to line edit their own work? Because it's almost easier to spot these mistakes in other people's work um, yeah. than it is your own. So any advice for writers uh, trying to do their the, the line edits on their own work? Yeah. So, I mean, I would, again, first say approach it in a distinct phase. So put your line editing cap on and sit down and be ready to line edit. Uh, Again, if you're looking at story or character, you're going to get distracted. And uh, I think it's better to approach it in a distinct phase. I also, I also, I know I work for a software company, but I I really would recommend using a piece of software like ProWritingAid. It's free up to 500 words. So you can even just have a look at like what types of suggestions it's giving you, uh, because it's really hard to spot on. It's really hard to spot on your own. And, um, you can, you can struggle with that. Um, I think a good, another good just tool to have in your belt is to look at the readability of your work. I think it's something authors don't always think to check. Uh, but again, there's a number of free readability calculators out there. And if you put in your manuscript and find that it's at a much higher readability than your kind of target intended audience is a good indication that you should spend some time trying to clarify your language at the line edit. Um, For instance, most mass market fiction books are published uh, at like a seventh grade reading level, which means the language in them is able to be read by like a 12 year old. Um, So it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that like it it has themes or concepts for a 12 year old. It just means like that the word choice is something a 12 year old could understand. Um, And that's because most of us, when we're reading for pleasure, reading fiction, don't want to necessarily be sitting there with a thesaurus or a dictionary trying to, to wade through the book. But that being said, a lot of adults, uh, particularly newer writers really think that they have to be writing, you know, at like a 12th grade, like, you know, for adults, like for a college level, but Again, really, for most mass market fiction, you want it to be easier to read. You want it to be a bit uh, pacier, like you you mentioned. And so just running your work through a readability checker is a good check to see, like, is this in, in target? Because the way that readability checks work is they... Um, they calculate a lot of the same things that you'll do in a line edit. So they'll look at sentence length. They'll look at word choice. They'll look at construction of sentences. So if you're using a lot of passive voice or you're using a lot of compound sentences, that will raise the readability level. So again, all of those um, are indications that your work might be a bit harder to read. And if you're too high for your kind of target area, it's a good in, like it's a good just check that you will need to go in and and look for some of those uh, ways that you can, again, just make it a bit easier for folks to engage with. So does that mean that Pro Writing Aid is geared more towards genre writers rather than kind of literary or? Um, I'd say it's geared towards really writers of all types. I, I think that you... First of all, we have multiple do- different document types, so you can go in there and you can select fantasy, or you can select literary, oh, or just... you can select yeah, you can that was select. Be my like... other question was like, yeah. how does it work for fantasy? <laughs> yeah, so you select you can select your different document type and receive custom suggestions within that. So within the fiction category, we have 
uh, a number of different genres and types of works. And again, the suggestions are slightly custom for each of them. And then even if you were to use Pure Writing Aid also to work on like your college essay or something like that, you can select that and then receive custom suggestions for that as well. So it really is because it's customizable, you can get any of the information that you want or don't want. And I also think that, you know, as with any tool, it's, it's a tool. And so sometimes it might suggest something you don't agree with or isn't, isn't, um, is counter to your purpose. Like we were speaking about the use of language. Like there could be a reason where you want to repeat something like a lot of times, you know, for, the narrative for the character and providing it may be like, Hey, you repeated this and you're like, cool. That's what I meant to do. You know, I'm doing yeah, that for yeah. a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, so, yeah. I sometimes do repeat intentionally and then it's, it yeah. screams at you and I'm like, Oh, honey, yeah. get back in the box. It's okay. like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's I always tell good. people, I'm like, it's, it's not a report card. Like nobody's, you're not going to fail if you have any suggestions still left in providing it. It's fine. It's yeah. just, it's a tool for you to, to help with. Um, Okay, so anything else you would like to add about how Pro Writing Aid can help uh, authors before I ask you the ultimate podcast yeah. question? <laughs> uh, well, I, I mentioned it before, but we really do love to just like encourage writers. And I think it's something that makes us really unique as a community. All of the events, like the interview with V.E. Schwab you mentioned, all of that is free. Uh, so you can attend whether you're a Pro Writing Aid user or not. Uh, and we do those we've done four per year through the last year. We're actually going to do one every single month next year. So please, like if you're just interested in learning about all types of genre fiction or any type of writing, um, we're going to be doing virtual conferences again, free for all to attend. Uh, and you can just come and learn from amazing authors like B.E. Schwab and Tomi Adeyemi and Taylor Jenkins Reid and uh, Andy Weir and all these, and you, and like so many great people. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so, incredible. Yeah. Have you got like a whole calendar already? like released or can you it tell hasn't us some been of released the... publicly oh, okay. but yeah we have it internally we'll be doing our first one will be a memoir like a creative nonfiction in mm-hmm. january and then we'll do fantasy week in february and then roll on from there <laughs> oh i love it this is so cool um okay well this is the rebel author podcast so tell everyone about a time you unleashed your inner rebel Oh, I was having so much trouble thinking about the time for this, but I would say um, when I stopped teaching, I knew that I did not want to teach and I knew I wanted to figure it out. Um, And so I got a sleeve tattoo because I was like, I want to do something that's going to like, I don't think it would prevent me from teaching, but it might make it a little bit harder. And so I was like, I don't want to go back and rely on this. Like I only want to work for cool companies that do cool things that don't like need any of this. So I'm going to like, put this on my body and, and force myself <laughs> to not, to not have, uh, have any, yeah. Have to I, go back. I love that. What have you got on your sleeve? Oh, I have, um, got some flowers and yeah, Greek mythology stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. When, um, so when I, uh, no longer do freelance at some point in the future, I have always promised myself to get a tattoo when like, I know that that's it and that I will always be able to rely on myself. Like, going, yep. like, and I have a whole, like, I, I follow tattooists on Instagram that I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to fly to Germany to have this done. Or, like, I'm going <laughs> to, like, I need to make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that. I think that's amazing. Also, there is no going back. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I was like, it. this is it. This is the yeah. most permanent way I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Tell everyone where they can find out more about you, uh, your books, Pro Writing Aid, anything else that you would like to add. 
Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at my name, Haley Milliman, and then ProWritingAid is at ProWritingAid on all social media or just ProWritingAid.com. Um, and that's where most of my stuff is anyway. So if you want to find me, ProWritingAid.com is a, a good place to find me. Amazing. Thank you so much. And of course, a gigantic thank you to all of the show's listeners and all of the show's patrons. If you would like to get early access to all of the episodes, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. I'm Sasha Black. You are listening to Hayley Milliman and this was the Ravel Author Podcast. Next week, I am joined by Amelia Rose, and we are going to be talking all about Patreon and different kinds of subscriptions for authors. So join me next week for that. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher. And when you have a moment, please leave a review.